Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Absolutely outstanding to be along with you. Josh Heifel coming up. Latter part of the second hour. As we get ready for Tennessee's media day, we will take his full remarks and head into what will no doubt be a TLD Logistics overdrive overtime on a Tuesday. T to the B and U, breaking it down scientifically, moving you one day closer to the beginning of the college football season. And I got to admit, I got to admit, it is an exciting time to be alive and well. It is absolutely an exciting, exciting time to be alive and well. Matt Jay, good morning to you, brother. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Tone. Hope hope you're enjoying enjoying some family time up north. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. As uh, my special needs brother Steve likes to say. Dixie, how fired or focused and prepared are you coming off a smoking hot football season where Last year around this time, you told me, you said, Tone, you know, 
I love you. You're my guy. But I don't know about blogging and, you know, and the football and the thing. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just, how fun is it to think, expect, know, understand, whatever the term is, come to grips with the fact that Tennessee football is not an eyesore right now, but it's actually a real, like, living, breathing vital being how much fun are we having with this i uh, just an immense amount it's a, f- a fun unique kind of dynamic offense uh that also wins um it, it's hard it's hard to beat that and we kind of got something special going right now hope hopefully we can just continue to build off last year and you know keep keep going forward and no it's but it's a it's a ton of fun uh, that that Alabama game last year will will never be forgotten by me, uh, and just all the all yep. the great moments that that we had last year, and and hopefully hopefully we can create some more this year. You know, Blake Topmeyer is a guy I think a lot of uh, with your uh, USA Today chain of restaurants, and and Blake Topmeyer. He has done a ranking of the coaches heading into this season. And, man, I just don't know how to feel about it. And I like old Blake Topmeyer, okay? But I just don't know how to feel about it. Um, Let's go through this here. And I'd like to get the thoughts of the living listener as well on this deal because I just don't know how to feel about what Blake Topmeyer's laid down here. Now, Brian Hartman, before we go through the rankings, what do you make of um, Blake Topmeyer's handiwork here? Well, I, I found it interesting that he didn't have Heupel in the top four. He had Kiffin at four and Heupel at five. So I wonder if Josh follows up last season with another 10-2 and two if he'll move ahead of Kiffin. And Dixie's boy, Dimwell, right. is dead last. That's really not fair to that guy who I think I called the bright young coach on the air one time, and Matt called me off the air and said, Tony, don't, don't, don't embarrass yourself. But at any rate, so 865-200-5402, the number. Let's kick it around here in hour one. Here's a question for you. Let's take Top Myers Q, who will join us tomorrow, by the way, on the show of record. Um, Allie McBeal Milecki is going to join us in hour two. We're going to talk some football futures with her. And then we'll have Josh Heupel's comments in hour two as well. So, so I'm inviting you to get in if you want to right now. When I say best coach in the SEC or rank the top five for me, who are your top five coaches. This is what uh, Topmeyer has. And, Brian, if you want to elaborate on the full list, but Topmeyer's, uh, he's overreacting here to Kirby Smart. He's got Kirby Smart number one. Matt, isn't 
Nick Saban still the best coach in college football as long as he's doing it? Isn't he number one, Matt? I would probably have Saban one, but uh, yep. I I wouldn't di- really disagree a ton if, if you wanted to put Kirby there. They have won it two years in a row. Um, but I, I do think it's it's one, two, th- those two in a in some order, and then a, a major gap between between two and three. See, I I find that simple-minded recency bias by Blake Topmeyer, who I love, and I've served all these years, and he knows I love him. There's no way Nick Saban's not the number one coach in college football. No way. And I can't stand the guy. Which means he is the number one coach in the Southeastern Conference. Now, granted, Tennessee got him last year. Like Matt said, we have a bright young coach who's got, you know, the world on a string. Um, and it is what it is. But here's how Top Meyer goes. And I'm going to ask Dixon, I'm going to throw it to Brian, we'll go around the room, and then I want to get you in the mix and in the hunt and the reasons why. And what do we do with Josh Heupel? Because here's the truth about the Southeastern Conference. The truth about the Southeastern Conference is, is that outside of Saban, everybody else just is going to move around on my list. Depending on where you are the last couple of years. For instance, Matt. If we would have done this exercise a couple of years ago, wouldn't Jimbo Fisher have been in everybody's top five unanimously? I mean, wasn't that the word on him that he was just, you know, he's incredible? Uh, what, isn't that the way it would have gone, Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely top five and, and a lot of people probably number three. Or maybe even second ahead of Kirby if you're talking two or three years ago. And so these things, obviously, will fluctuate and change. Top Meyer's rankings are as follows. Dixie's boy, Dimwit, at number 14 in a 14-team league. Clark Princess Leia at 13. Zach, don't call me Foster, Arnett at 12. Billy... Tony might drive down later today to Amish country and get him some apple butter in honor of me, Napier, number 11. Sam, boy, it feels good to win half my games at Arkansas. The glory days are way behind us. Pittman, number 10. Mark, I will schedule myself to a bowl game every year, stoops, and get paid Silly money to do so. John, James, boy, my contract. They need to call me Jumbo Fisher because that's my buyout. Number seven is, boy, Matt Dixon has to give me some credit. I wonder where Matt Dixon is going to rank me in his rankings. He better come with the love and the flowers, Frankie J.R., Number six is, boy, there's a guy in Columba right now. When Tony says my name, 
it's going to trick him and perhaps shoot some adrenaline through his body. Here comes the cortisol levels, Mark and Colombo, because Hugh Freeze is number six. Number five, he's number one in your heart, but this is Blake Topmeyer's rankings. Josh Hyper, I wonder if some of you will give him some love in the top three in the conference. Does he belong there yet, or is he not done enough? Number four, lover, boy, don't confuse me with sweet Stan Lane or lover boy Dennis Condry, but lover boy Lane, the man we, the artist formerly known as Puffy Lane a couple years ago, is number four. Number three, Brian. I'm really, really overrated, but that's how it goes when you're at LSU in this conference. They're on Basilio's last nerve. I'm third in the league for some reason. Why Brian Kelly's third, I have no idea, but he's third. Number two in Top Myers rankings, Nick Saban, and he's got Kirby, Basilio. I've won two consecutive national championships, you clown. Don't you dare call me dumb smart. Ladies and germs, those are your top SEC coaches as ranked by the top of the mark, top mayor. Brian Hartman, you go next. Give me your rankings. Uh, go 14 to 1, Bry. Just give me your give me your top five, Bry. My top five are Saban, number one, Kirby Smart, number two. I'll go with I'll go with Kelly at third. Josh Heupel is number four. And I'll say Hugh Freeze would be fifth. And I've got Lane Kiffin just outside the top five, maybe with John James Jimbo. you got Saban Smart, Kelly Heupel, and who's five? Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. See, I think that's an excellent. I think that's an excellent call. You might even have Freeze above Heupel based on what Freeze did. Yeah, I, I could when he was at Ole Miss. I mean, you could do that, you know. But I have I have a hard time ranking Zach Arnett because we just don't have anything to rank him no. above, and so he's sort of <laughs> I've got to put him sort of incomplete. Matt Dixon. Your top five. Uh, you know, Saban one, Kirby two, um, a, a big gap, and then and then I got Brian Kelly three, and then I'll go freeze, freeze Kiffin Heupel. Although I think you could switch those three up in any kind of order and and make a decent argument. Uh, but I'll I'll give it the the freeze Kiffin and then and then Hypel six, followed by I got Jimbo down there with the Colt at seven. 
I respect that because that's a non-pandering answer to our fan base. It's a non. Matt just gave you a non-pandering answer. I, I respect that. I'm I'm not sure how you can have Kiffin ahead of Freeze. I agree with that because I I think Hugh Freeze is a like more accomplished Lane Kiffin. And unless you're wanting to throw in the, the off-the-field baggage, which, of course, Lane has plenty of that as well. Maybe not NCAA official stuff, but, you know. I mean, for Freeze, Kiffin, and Heupel, I think you could put those in any order, really, I think. Well, Freeze in the NIL era, perfect hire. A couple years ago, goofy hire. Right now, excellent hire by Auburn. Auburn, think about this. A year ago, you're an Auburn fan. Brian Harson's leading your football program. What are you thinking to yourself? When is this boob, buffoon, and loser going to get fired so I can enjoy my football program again? Now, that's the truth. That's called the truth. So my question for you is, where are you going to rank when you look at the league, it's fun to have a coach that belongs in the top of the standings. I'll tell you this. And this is an interesting, another interesting way to do this. There's two ways of looking at this, okay? And that's why there's no wrong answers in this, even though I was just having fun with Topmeyer, who I love, with his intellectually lazy list. Just kidding, Topmeyer. You're my guy. But... The reason I love Topmeyer's list, or the reason that I think this is an interesting thing, is this kind of, it's kind of like ranking teams, right? Am I going to rank a team based on what they did last season, or am I going to rank a team based on where I think they're going to finish this year? It's fair, right? Because, Matt, couldn't you make the case that Heupel is third on that list? If you just went on... Who am I buying for future success in the league? If, if, if this guy really is, hear me out, if this guy really is a Steve Spurrier type, like uh, John Adams thinks he is, and other people think he is, if he truly is the innovator that's going to turn this thing on its head for a while till everybody else catches up, and they all catch up, that's how this works, in any sport. These are competitive people that put a lot of time into this. But wouldn't wouldn't you have to put him third? I mean, let's think about that for a second. They they were undefeated last year and but but at the same time Matt Dixon break, brings up a great point because you're looking at it and you're going Dixon's list is Saban, Kirby, Kelly, who you got to give it to Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, no Brian Kelly, no University of Cincinnati in the Big 12 right now. Doesn't happen without him. You can go back and look at it. D'Antonio left, went to Michigan State. Brian Kelly went in there, and Brian Kelly was there, Tony Vitello. Okay, let's just call an ace and ace and spade a spade. Remember to have your pet spayed and neutered. Nashville A. I got to tell you that in my this is my alleged mind, okay? 
I would be, based on last season, based on the miracle worker he is, based on what's getting ready to happen in Knoxville, I would be almost ready to put Heupel third on that list. However, Freeze is more accomplished than him. Now, you think about Hugh Freeze for a second. Hugh Freeze beat Alabama twice. He's one of the three coaches in, in, that are alive that have beaten Saban twice in this league. Now, he didn't live to tell about it because they railroaded him. out, And he was very sloppy, and he is what he is. I mean, he's a, he's a complete snake in the grass. But, hey, it's college football. They all are. Check what's going on around the conferences right now in terms of the realignment. These are people that get together in a room, smile at each other at all levels, and then just go right out and backstab each other. It's the closest thing to the mafia, this college football thing that we have in life that plays out right in your, before your very eyes. You could make the case that based on what Josh Heupel did last year, based on the quick resurrection of Tennessee's program, that he that he's third on that list. You could also make the case that he's probably sixth on that list. That's why this is a really, right now, at this point in time, it's a really good exercise. And again, these guys get hot or not, depending on how you're looking at it. Saban, Kirby Kelly is Matt's list, and then he's got Freeze, Kiffin, Heupel, Matt. Why Kiffin ahead of Josh Heupel? Well, it, it, it's funny you ask that because I've been debating. I kind of want if if you had to choose, I would probably take Heupel because I think his innovative offense is a bigger advantage right now than than Kiffin's. And I think with with Heupel, uh, I think Kiffin's a better recruiter, but Heupel's in a much better recruiting job. That's a lot easier. So. Um, I, again, those two, I think you could – I mean, I'm debating it in my head right now whether I, I would flip them or not. So um, probably just the, lo- the longevity that Kiffin had. Kif- Kiffin had a much, did a much better job at, at Florida Atlantic than Heupel did at, at UCF. But I – like over the next like three to five years, I'd probably take Heupel. So I, that might be a, a, a way of saying I'd, I'd flip those. But it, it is interesting, right, Matt? Because it's all in. I don't in. think I would put him above Kelly. I, I think that's a tough argument to make, unless Ugh. you just really, Ugh. really wanted to weigh that game last year. Ugh. Bino said it. He made Brian Kelly play in a way that Brian Kelly's never no, played in no, a football game very before. Impressive. Thoroughly outcoached him before the game even started. No, but I, I think I think Kelly's won like ten games six years in a row. Like I mean, the guy's wow. a elite coach. I mean, if with without, I mean, Butch Jones was able to ride Brian Kelly's coattails to get the Tennessee job. That tells you how good of a coach he is. Yeah, it's very, very, very because Notre Dame doesn't quote unquote win national championships. I mean, they compete for them, but they don't win them. I think Notre Dame, under the coach they have now, is going to come to realize that Kelly's pretty good. Listen, I'm being honest with you now. No Cincinnati in the Big 12 if Brian Kelly doesn't coach there. That's not a stretch, Ewad. You can get offended, Ewad, if you want. Bino, you've been on the Cincinnati – I mean, not Bino. Brian Hartman, you've been on the Cincinnati train for a while. 
that is true about Brian Kelly, the job he did at Cincinnati, is it not? Yeah, he he actually helped Butch get sort of have success at two places. Success enough to go up the ladder from the MAC to the, I guess, Big East and then to the SEC with Tennessee. That's right. He followed him twice. Yeah. So there's no question that Brian Kelly is an elite guy. Kirby Smart right now is the hot commodity. I'll give you my list. And then I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402. First of all, kudos to Matt Dixon for coming on the show of record. And I love Matt and saying Hypel 6 right now. I don't think there's any crime in that. He has, he, again, Dixon has Saban 1, Kirby 2, Kelly 3, Freeze 4, Kiffin 5, Hypel 6. But he also says he would flip Kiffin and... Um, Kiffin and Heupel, he's not married to his argument there. I'm going to go. Nick Saban, to me, is where it starts as long as he's breathing air. He's the best coach in the country in this deal. He is a voracious recruiter. He is uh, warped. He is uh, absolutely joyless. Uh, he's a hell of a college football coach. He is the a guy that trophies would be named after one day. Kirby Dumb is the hot item right now with a Floby and a visor and a bad body. But you got to give the guy credit because he's won a lot of games. He's two-time defending national champion. He's number two in the league. Brian Kelly, though I, he's just at a place where he's going to win games. Now, somebody in this league has to finish second, but that's not even what the game's about anymore. It's going to be about making the playoffs. And in a 12-team playoff, Matt, LSU's going to make it under Brian Kelly what? Four times out of five? Would that be a fair assessment of that? Yeah, yeah, three yeah, three to four. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that think that's plenty fair and, and very very doable for that for that program. Yeah, he's he's going to live in the playoffs. They can they can go nine nine and three in a rebuild year and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to live in the playoffs under the 12-team format. He just does. Uh, because he is a uh, he's a 10-win stacker, like you just said. How many did they win last year? Uh, they won 10 last year, but I, I think they they probably, I think they had to win the bowl game to get the 10. W- yeah. Because mm-hmm. they lost to FSU to start the year with the, all the special team stuff. That'll be his worst team, a team they had last year. And they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that, even though I think Josh Heupel's better than him. I, I know that doesn't make any sense. I think Heupel's really special. But I can't in good conscience 
put Heupel fourth on this list. Because Hugh Freeze is one of three guys alive that's beaten Saban twice. That's the number, right, Brian? It's three guys that beat him twice. That's pretty rare error. Is Kelly one of the others or no? I don't know. You're supposed to know things like that. No, he's only beat him once. That's right. His, no, his Notre Dame team's never had a prayer against Bama. No, that's right. I guess Tuberville's one of them. And Freeze. Less, Freeze. And Les Miles. Tuberville and Miles. Malzahn. Malzahn. Oh, Mal, yeah, Mal, yeah, Malzahn. Les Miles is no longer coaching. Yes. So he's one of the three active guys uh, that beat Saban twice. I think that's the number. At any rate, and then he went to Liberty and won and won. I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. It's a really good hire at Auburn. And he's, and he's recruiting really well, by the way, which is not surprising to me. He just has this thing where he makes kids believe in him. And he's a total, he is, he's, a, he's shambolic is what he is. But he's good at it. He's really good at it. He's good at making you believe. Even the guys that are really good are the ones that you know they're lying to you, but you still feel good around them. The confidence men. That's you know. That's where that term comes from. I got him. I got him uh, four on my list. And and just to put the heat on Dixon today, I'm going to put a hypo five on my list. But he's he's my number five with a bullet because I just think the future is really bright with him. Now, what that looks like here. Does that mean Tennessee's going to win multiple SEC championships under him? I don't know. I'll argue with you guys that when Oklahoma and Texas join the league, it's never been harder to win a Southeastern Conference championship. It's never been harder than it is right now to do it, guys. But wait till they join the league. It 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 also doesn't it also matters less than it ever has because of the 12 team playoff. That's right. Which, again, I disagree with. But no, you're exactly right. But you that's what they've done to their sport. It's good for the sport. In my mind, with Josh Heupel here, Tennessee should qualify for three playoffs every five years pretty easily. Is that fair or no? Yeah, I think I think twice out of five years is. It's fair. Two to three. I think three. Because, again, this year, last year's team would have made it. This year's team, even in a rebuilding year, and this is a rebuilding year. People people, people won't act like we're going to win 11 games. Okay, fine. You, you live in that world. It's your, your dime, your dance floor. But that's just not reality. It's just not. But what is reality is, that if you could scratch out a nine and three, and it's the right three, you could make the playoffs this year under a twelve-team format, which is what Matt hates about it. 
Which Matt's right, by the way. It does devalue the deal. It does. But you can only play the cards that are in your hand. I mean, you know, when I'm in Rome, i got to do as the Romans do. And, Matt, if it's the right three this year, Tennessee could scratch into a playoff at 9-3, and three, couldn't they? If it's the right three? If it was a 12-team deal, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, Bama, Georgia, and then, I don't know, maybe your, your A&M guys have a 10 or 11 one year and, and beat you here. I don't know. That, I mean, you, that would put you right there on the, you're in the conversation for sure. I'll tell you one thing that 12 team playoffs going to do in programs like Tennessee's, where you're probably going to be on that line, that kind of cut line thing, if you will, that term they use in golf. Um, what that's going to do is it's going to really put the pressure on an athletic director like Danny White to learn the political ins and outs, which I don't know how good he is at that. We're going to see. But that's where having a really strong athletic director, when it's on the line for you and you go behind closed doors and you fight for your program's right to party and you say, hey, Remember us over here. Don't forget about us over here. Hey, we belong in the deal. And that'll be, you know, that'll be kind of an interesting uh, facet slash sidebar to this whole deal. And the seeing how, who, who navigates that the best going forward. But it'll certainly be, um, well, it's always fun. It's always interesting. So 865-200-5402. We're about to see a really crazy, nutty, insane era in major college football. 865-200-5402 is my number. If uh, you want to hunt mix with us, I'd love to know where you come down on where these coaches are and what to do about Josh Heupel, who... Really, is when you start ranking those coaches, he's kind of a problem because it's hard to get it. He's unique because right now he's supernova hot, and you have to account for that. But compared to the guys up there, his resume's thinner. Kiffin, like Matt said, Kiffin has more of a resume than he does. Kiffin did a Kiffin did a better job with a directional school, but Kiffin's in a spot in this league. Where he's he's gonna run in the middle of the pack. He needs some cars to wreck in front of him if he's gonna win a race every once in a while. He he's gonna need some cross town traffic to help him out. We're gonna come back on the other side. I want to hear from you. Josh Hyper uh, will uh, be up an hour two. His comments, and we come back on the other side right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com. Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! 
Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby king of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. It's that time of day. I've got our, one of our, our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, what kind of great specials uh, do you guys have today that uh, everybody's going to want to come in and get? Well, this week we got ground chuck for three fifty nine a pound, old boneless pork loins a dollar ninety nine a pound, seedless watermelons five ninety nine each, food club sugar two for five, and Dasani twenty four pack water four ninety nine. Great deals as always, and uh, they run all the way through next Tuesday. 
Saturday. And again, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th Street. And uh, again, you know, easy parking, well-lit area, friendly staff. So, Miles, thank you as always. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, people need to come in and uh, pick up some of them goodies from you. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right. That again was Miles Johnson there from Foodland. Make sure you check them out on West 7th and seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, to go through all the specials. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Unbelievable, Andy. 865-200-5402. As a friend of mine that's in coaching who's listening to us right now, said about Hypo, if you just talk about pure coaching, teaching, communicating, scheme, if you just talk about pure coaching, he said Josh Heupel's the best guy in the game. That's him now. This guy's a high-level coach I'm talking about. That's his opinion of Heupel. So, Matt, if you break the thing out into components, because the one thing that Josh Heupel's doing that's really kind of amazing is that these other guys have had tremendous head starts on him. In my blurb on my blog tomorrow, I'm going to say, Heupel's one of the few that could swim with the sharks and make it home to see his family at night. Because most of these guys, when they get in there with those sharks in the top five, they don't live to tell about it. He's the one guy I think that's going to have some staying power because his principles are so sound and his teaching ability is so sound. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good thought. Yeah, he's not not going to get burned out or, you know, you just got to hope he keeps kind of evolving his offense and, and develops wrinkles every year, uh, which I, I don't have any doubt he's going to. So, no, that that's a good point. That's really good. Yeah, he's very, very he's personable, just, even though he kind of comes off as differently in front of cameras. Let's get uh, Parker in here. Parker, then Charlie. Then Billy. Hello, Parker. Tony, what's going on, man? Parker and Morristown. What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, can't complain. Happy August to y'all. Um, I know it's a wild college football season, but, hey, man, we're 30 days out from this thing. Really, not even 30 days out, really 23 days out. So, a lot to look forward to. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm counting down every day. I'm a sicko so much that I'm watching D2 highlights on YouTube right now at work. That's but, pretty uh, next anyway. level, man. That's pretty. Hey, that's pretty degenerate. Hey, Carson Newman plays uh, at ETSU this year. You know that, right? Our Georgie boy plays the the Fighting uh, Eagles of Mossy Creek. I did not know that. No. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What pretty kind cool of local. hey? What kind of program does Carson Newman have? Uh, what kind of expectations in the in the upcoming season? Do you know? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm in the Lakeway area, so I know a lot of people that went to school there and, you know, affiliated. They they obviously have a proud tradition and history with Ken Sparks, who I think might be one of the greatest football coaches of all time, and I'm talking about any division. Um, but I, I have no idea what their current state of the program is. But that's pretty cool yeah. for, for that program. Anyway, um, I'm calling in really about the Big 12, Tony. I in the Pac-12, is, is, is Arizona going to really do this? Is the Pac-12 done? 
if Arizona does what they're about to do, then yeah, you you can go ahead and that that is a great example of pathetic leadership. Three bad commissioners in a row at a time where they needed an adult in the room to get everybody in the room. Just really horrendous leadership. They're going to cease to exist if, if they're not careful. I saw the tweet. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen it too, but it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now on my, my laptop. Uh, of the top 25 highest-rated TV markets for college football, 14 are going to be now in a Big 12 state. The Pac-9, if all of those schools left, would only have one TV market out of the top 25. And you know what? It didn't have to be that way. But for some reason, somehow, some way, they created, well, the instability in college football created a system where the sharks swallow the minnows, man. But here's you know, my thing, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about this, too. I mean, the big markets are, I'm assuming, and, you, you know, you're, you're the person to ask about this. I'm assuming they're New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, correct? All those yeah, big yeah, uh-huh, areas. right. Those mm-hmm. are college football areas. They're just in terms of viewership and households, they're massive. But you know, those are huge pro sports franchises. Are we? Uh, and I'm assuming the Big Twelve or the Big Ten rather is thinking, hey, we have UCLA and USC now. We have Los Angeles. Is it guaranteed that those households are going to really watch college football every Saturday? Never. But here's what's interesting: of- what what you sell. What you sell to advertisers is, how many matchups can I produce that create at least 4 million viewers? Those are the gold standard games, and that's what's sold to the network. You, you, you hit the 4 million threshold. As we get into an age where, I, I linked an article today on the blog where Apple and ESPN are talking about forming some sort of affiliation this over-the-top viewing, which is to say your tablets, your phones, uh, non-traditional television numbers are only going to continue to increase in the coming years during these deals. And so what these leagues are looking for is they're looking for programs that have huge followings, huge fan bases that will produce those types of numbers and what Arizona is thinking is, if we don't get out of this deal, we're going to get left behind. And this is so literally what we're seeing before our very eyes. This is like so uh, a country is getting ready to fall, and people are trying to grab onto that aircraft. Like we've seen that. This is what we're seeing before our very eyes in college sports right now. Well, two things to that. One, in terms of you know conferences trying to get passionate fan bases to come in, why in the world did the SEC get Missouri to come in when you have so many more passionate fan bases around around this area, like you know West Virginia, for example, Virginia Tech? And then two, I mean, are we just delaying the inevitable? I just feel like at some point college football is going to find the 32 most important brands, the most important following, and the, mo- and the biggest money, and just base it off of what the NFL does. Don't you think? To me... It looks to me like, and I was talking to my brother about this last night, because the rumor about Clemson, you know, you got the Arizona situation, okay. You got Colorado leaving that league. You've got the Arizona deal, which is a smart play, by the way, because that's a huge market. That's a smart play. It's just a smart play. Um, 
Now it's a, kind of a damaged brand in college football, but it's a smart play for the future. Uh, the Big Ten and the Southeastern Conference eventually are going to control the deal. The Big Ten is going to control because they're around those population centers and they actually care about college football, which gives them an advantage. So there's an inherent advantage. And the Big Ten down through the years has always gotten the benefit of the doubt from the networks for that reason. It aggravates Southeastern Conference fans. Southeastern Conference is where the quality is and where the rabid fan bases are. And they're, and they're going to produce those 4 million numbers because people on the periphery are always going to watch Southeastern Conference games because they understand that's the game at the highest level. It's the closest thing to the NFL that we have. And people just understand that. The thing that's really going to be interesting, to your point, is what happens to the ACC. We keep hearing this thing about the grant of rights, 2036, the TV uh, networks, but yet you're hearing the agitation about a Clemson and a Florida State just jumping to the Big Ten and saying, screw it, we'll see you in court. At some point, that's going to happen. At some point, and when that happens, that's when you're going to see, I believe, a seismic shift into two 25-team leagues. I think they're going to divide them up. The two commissioners are going to control it. Somebody's going to be over it. And you're going to have a 50-team Super League. I think that's what's going to happen eventually. What do you think happens to a group of five schools? Because I, I think, personally, just, I'm a huge college football yeah. fan. Yeah. Grew up loving it. Um, you know, I'm 27, 26. So I remember whenever you had, for example, the Southern Conference back in the day with Appalachian State and Georgia Southern and Paul Johnson and Amari Edwards, all those players and coaches, um, I think the Sun Belt's the model for the future as a true college football fan. I mean, I'm looking at the map right now. You look at the Sun, Sun Belt outline. You have Marshall, App State, Georgia Southern, all Southern Conference opponents, all playing each other every year with Coastal Carolina and James Madison. And then you have the Sun Belt yep. in the West, Louisiana Lafayette, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, where Butchie Boys over there. Yeah. Um, but I just think that's the future is regional rivalries, but I'm afraid, Tony, that uh, that's going to be gone. But anyway. Well, hey, well, no, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I think there's a way to do it. still keep some regional integrity. But the group of five, what those teams ought to do is they ought to play for their own championship. They ought to quit pretending. Ought to come up with a name for it. You got this tier, the upper tier, whatever this thing's going to be. And then they play for their own chip. People would gamble on it. They could have their own playoff. People would look at it. It would be robust. It would matter. It would be vital. Trust me. People, listen, 2 million people watch the freaking XFL and the USFL in the spring. I mean, you can get numbers with that stuff. We can't get enough. As long as you can gamble on it, a group of five. Let's get Charlie in here. Charlie, welcome in. What's going on, Tom? What's up, Char? I, I want to go down on the record uh, that I'm with Parker. I really like the Sun Belt. Sun Belt, Sun Belt. Uh, Tony, on these coaches, uh, ranking these coaches, yep. uh, to me, it's three categories. There's coaching, you know, the X's and O's. There's recruiting, and there's hiring assistant coaches and and I feel like you buddy 
I think if if you give Saban, Kirby, and Josh Heupel the exact same team, Josh Heupel will beat both those guys. Uh, I think uh, Kirby Smart's better at hiring assistant coaches. I think Saban really lacks in that department. Uh, but and and as far as Freeze and, and Kiffin goes, I, I got Freeze ranked way ahead of Kiffin, and that's kind of changed the, the last few years. Uh, I just think Kiffin always looking for a better deal, and uh, I just uh, I feel like uh, Hugh Freeze recruits a better team player if that makes if there is such a thing. What do you think, Matt? Freeze ahead of Kiffin. I agree with that, Matt. No, I, I think Freeze has accomplished a little bit more. Um, I, I, but again, I, I think you could argue either way. But I, I agree with Charlie. I, I've got I've got Freeze ahead of ahead of the lane train. You know, Lane Kiffin's a really good example, guys, of a a personality that really knows how to work the media, which has his name out there and keeps his name out there and keeps himself out there a lot more than it needs to be put out there. However, Matt made a really good point. When he went to that little directional school in Florida, he just got ball players. Now, I'd love to see the 30 for 30 on that thing. How wild, Charlie, do you think that deal was behind the scenes? It's been about like, kind of like Alabama's been for the last fifty years. Well, and, and you, that's what you uh, said it. That's, you said it. Well, here's the deal: is with NIL, uh, you used to say that Nick Saban was a great recruiter, and I'm wondering if NIL might expose that he's not, because because he sure is playing second fiddle to Georgia. Yeah, but they're still recruiting pretty well, and he's going to get his fair share. And as long as he's – I'm telling you, he's such a warp dude that he ain't going to be denied. And he's got a fan base that shoots each other when they lose games. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that and that is kind of no joke. Let's do a quick legal, Charlie, and then I want to hear your top five. Um, I want to hear your top five coaches in the SEC. You rank them for me. Uh, legal ID, let's keep it live, legal, and large as we head into hour two. Go ahead, Charlie. Give me your top five as we begin hour number two. The caller, Charlie, is going to share with me his top five coaches in the league. Go five to one for me. Well, here we go. I'm not ranking teams, okay? I'm ranking coaches is what I'm ranking. Yeah, I mean the coaches, right. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I think I'm that is, you know, you get the teams in. Uh, I think I'm going to put Heifel first. I'm talking X's and O's. I'm going to put Nick Saban second because I think after Heifel beats him about three times, he's not going to sleep at night till he figures out how to stop the offense. And uh, and then I'm going to put uh, Freeze Kiffin and then Kirby Dunn fifth because I, I don't I don't I don't know how Kirby. I don't understand how Kirby Smart has won. So if Kirby Smart didn't have the best players in the SEC, I don't see him Xing and Ozing with the with the top echelon X's and O's guys. 
I might, I might be just Troy, Troy, do that, do that one more time for me again. Go ahead. Give me that. Give me your rankings again. X's and O's. I got Heifel first. I don't think anybody could might wait till he gets a defense. And uh, then I've got Nick Saban because I don't think he's going to. He will not get beat by the same guy three times. And then I have Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin. And then Kirby Smart, Thea. I think Kirby Smart's just got better players than everybody. You can't, Matt. He just ranked he he just ranked Heupel number one. Dixon. Yeah, X's and O's wise, and and I think uh, for that you you could make the argument because I do think it's. You can argue it's the most innovative and kind of dynamic and, and unique offense in the country. Uh, so so I, I do think you can make that argument if you're talking wow. strictly just the X's and O's. I, I wouldn't make it, and I, I don't I totally agree with that, but I, I think you're selling Kirby Smart a little short. But yeah. I do I do think you could argue Hypo has the best offense in the country right now. I'll say this for Kirby Smart. Charlie, it's probably what you, it's getting you. Is that is one goofy looking dude, man? Maybe I'm ranking haircuts, Tony. If you're ranking haircuts, he ain't in the top eighty. I mean, I look like somebody. I look like somebody took a weed whacker to the top of my head. Uh, somebody that's inebriated. However, Charlie. However, uh, my, I'll take my hair over his goofy looking haircut. That just guy's just goofy look. Goofy look on his face and. He can coach y'all. Hey, Tony, uh, uh, this kind of goes back to the subject you were talking about two weeks ago about how it's kumbaya over at UT. I talked to my booster friend, and uh, and I asked him about about uh, Danny White. Cause, and I, I said, well, what about Danny White? And I said, because last time we talked, you said he was, he was peculiar. And he said, ah, oh, he's a good guy. And uh, he said he he's kind of different. He said he's a good guy, which tells me one thing is he talked my buddy into giving him money. Um, hey, when you're winning, hey, when you're winning, you can be a little weird all you want. When you're winning, you're winning, you know. Yeah, and and I think uh, I don't want to get anybody in any trouble, but just just because the dad's going to watch his son, you know what I mean, and just running into some of these events, and of course. Danny White's going to be talking to the boosters. And Danny White's dad in the World Athletic Directors is a stone-cold killer. And I think he, I think Danny's dad played a part in uh, making these boosters feel better. Uh, and uh, Dante Plowman, here's the deal. John Curry had, my buddy had a relationship with John Curry, and a lot of these boosters did. And then, and then he kind of went off the rails, and Dante Plowman fired him, and uh, and and so there's a little second guessing about her, and all that's been smooth. I'm talking about she, he's singing her praises, and he told me that the money is that from the big boosters is absolutely rolling into Knoxville. But and I appreciate the call. A uh, one one. Correction, now, and thank you, Charlie. Plowman wasn't there. That was uh, that was Bev Davenport. They dispatched Curry right in the middle of all the circus. But 
Yeah. Uh, it is interesting to think of where we are and where we're going. And Let's get Billy in here. He's up next with us. Guy's got hypo number one. Billy, welcome in. Tony, I'm just going to give you my top three, and I know you're going to cut me off. I would Why would I? Whoa, 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 whoa! Why would I ever cut you off, Bill? Well, you always correct me when you know you would say, "Well, you know, name me your top five. I can't think. I can give you maybe my top three. Well, there are no wrong answers, Bill. And, Brian, we're not going to cut Bill off, are we? Brian Hartman, do you anticipate that happening? No, I don't see how you could cut somebody off for just giving out their ranking. We've all been giving different rankings today. Well, it would be my top three in the SEC. Smart would be number one. Heifel would be number two. And that head coach at LSU would be number three. There ain't no way that I would put Saban on my list. Anybody that would cheat, I mean want to cheat, and the person who was once the president of the NCAA let him get away with it, uh-uh. There ain't no way under God's green earth I would put Saban on, on my list. You might no get cut off this at JOX for that, but not here. Bill, now I'm going to ask you a question. Are you coming in here with a straight face today and you're not going to put Nick Saban in the top three of a list of top top coaches in the Southeastern Conference? No. You could forget it. No. Bill, I'm going to give you one more, I'm going to give you one more try at that because we've got to have some credibility on the program here. And, of course, the... Hey, Tony, the person he used to be an assistant under. Oh, boy. He's hanging by a thread. Him and Kraft is not getting along. I'm referring to who? The old Belichick. Uh, Bel- Belichick. And it's a funny game. Now, it is a funny thing when your Hall of Fame quarterback leaves you and all of a sudden it doesn't look so easy in the NFL. I think you can get away with that, Matt, a lot easier in college football than in the NFL. That NFL game, when your quarterback goes down, that is big trouble in Little China, Matt. Yeah, yeah, you have you have almost no chance um, to to win in the NFL. With, I mean, there's not what maybe ten or fifteen really yep. good quarterbacks, and and just you know that elite company, yeah. No, you have no chance to win without great quarterback play. So, Bill, give me your top three rankings again. I want to. I want to just. I want to vet these. Uh, go for it. Okay, I'm going to put Smart number one. Right. Heupel number two. Of course, we're, right. we're not there yet. Right. But right now, we're fought, we're 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 uh, we're. The only thing Heifel is doing is following the yellow brick road, and he's going to reach that castle. That's mostly my Wizard of Oz terminology right there, Tony. So, and, uh, Bill, where where is where is Nick Saban on your list? 
There ain't no way under God's green earth I would put him on my list. Bill, I lied to you. You're out of here. I mean, you can't do that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I had to just lie to Bill, uh, um, Matt Dixon. I stone cold fib to the guy. He knew he was going to get it. Bill knew he was going to get it. Yeah, he, he he figured you wouldn't take his list serious without well, without saving. Of course, he said he said he wasn't putting cheaters on his list, so that's probably why it was only three coaches long. <laughs> Although I, I think Brian Kelly had to vacate some wins at Notre Dame. Ah, uh, yeah, he, he, we all we all know Kirby's not doing things on the up and up. Exactly. There. I mean, come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. I don't like Saban either. The guy destroyed college football. But what what's right is right. I mean, you gotta give the guys credit. Give him his flowers. Let's get uh, Rusty in here. Rusty, welcome in. Hey guys, uh, good combo today. Wanna wanna say this? There's no caller I like better on your show than myself. I'm just kidding. Than Charlie. Charlie's the absolute best. Uh, totally agree with him on. Josh Heupel's the best play caller. Defense, offense, special teams, wherever you want to go with that. Josh Heupel's the best play caller at any time yes. of play calling in college. There's not best a play caller, right? Um, yep. Right, but he's but that doesn't that doesn't make him the best head coach, and and it's far yet to be seen whether he will be how how great he will be as when his you know after he's been around for 10, 20 years. Um, Kirby's Kirby's probably two right now. Saban's still one, like you said, and Saban's going to be one until until he steps away. Um, and then it's a bunch of guys you can argue for third place. Uh, I don't know how good a football coach Kirby is as far as being a football coach, but as far as being a college football coach, which is a different thing, because that means you got to amass talent to be a college football coach. He's one or two right now, and and Saban's the other guy. Um. Charlie, Charlie did have a great point on, on how great a play caller Hype is. I would beg to differ on him saying what will happen when he gets his players on defense. Because um, I'm i going to be a little bit negative here, and I'm going to maybe yep. make some people mad. This isn't, a, this isn't a slide on James Banks. This is more of a slide on, on the way we're going to play football under Josh Heupel. The other teams are going to have way more possessions against us in a football game than they normally do. So our points, our points per game and our yards per game allowed is going to always be skewed into the low, into lower ranks in college football. If you, I mean, last year we were 127th in pass defense yards per game allowed, but that's not the right stat to look at. Is the problem with that? But it'll be perceived that way. The right. That's stat right. Is how many yards you give? Yeah, up that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Here's yeah. a great. Here's a yeah. great example, Tony. Air Force, Air Force was the number one defensive team in the country last year. That's because the teams they played against got the ball like four times. Because they just ran the clock out on you running that triple option and using all 40 seconds every time they snapped the ball. So they, they just they just wore the game down, and they, and they never played defense. So we're never going to be great defensively numbers-wise because we're going to be ahead by four touchdowns a lot. Teams are going to be throwing all the time trying to catch up, and they're going to go for it on fourth downs a ton, 
and they're going to have the ball way more plays than they normally do. So it's going to be skewed no matter how good our talent is. Well, and, and Matt, he does bring up a good point when it comes to Heupel and defense and the numbers and just the way that you play the game, just the way that you approach the game. Um, however, the thing that really matters is every once in a while getting off the field. I mean, Matt, that's the, yep. ultimately that's the only thing that matters when you're playing football the way we do. Dixon is making people settle for field goals, right? Yeah, yeah. Red zone defense and you know and, and turnovers are the, are the two most important stats in I, I think in, in kind of modern college football. Um, and Tennessee was really good at both of those last year. I think they had the highest touchdown percentage on offense, and they were pretty kind of sneaky good in some of those situational stuff defensively. Um, and I I think the the yards per attempt allowed was kind of middle of the pack to, to Rusty's point. Um, that 127 ranking is a little bit skewed. Not not that not that our secondary was very good, um, but they they weren't that bad. Yeah, totally right, Dick. It's, it's it's really funny, like you said. It's what you do when the other team gets inside your 40 yard line. Yeah, that's what's going to determine how. That's all. It, how you that's all it's about. Yeah, really the rest of it's the rest of it. Totally. The rest of it, and we have to get used to this. But the rest of it's window dressing. I mean, it's not the it game we used to watch. It's, it's. I don't know. It's like a modified version of what the Big Twelve used to play, or arena football in a way. I mean, it's a lot of these games yeah. come down there to who has the ball last. I mean, it's kind of the way it's designed, or. Heupel's system's really interesting because he took a guy like Brian Kelly last year and made him play and coach in a way that he's never coached in his life. He, he was, like, overwhelmed. Yeah. He, and and well, if Saban didn't have a quarterback that was incredible, Rusty, that game could have turned into that. They could have boat raced Alabama last year, and nobody's ever done that to Nick Saban. I'm talking, like, ever. Oh, What's crazy about the Alabama game, and I want to talk a little yeah. bit about the playoff thing for a minute, but, but the crazy thing about that game was Alabama didn't really beat us on, like, design plays. Yeah. Like, they, got a guy, they never got guys just open. Wow. It was Bryce Young dancing for 12 seconds, and then somebody eventually gets open and he finds them. It, well, Rusty, we'll we'll pick up the second part of our uh, we'll pick up the second part of our conversation down the road. But I appreciate you. Thank you. I got to get it uh, in here. I got. My buddy Ali Zen now joining us. Ali Zen from Zen Sports, a.k.a. Ali Mylecki. How you doing, Ali? I'm good, Tony. How are you? Fired up, focused, and prepared is how you will find me on this Tuesday. We are but three weeks away from the start of college football. Three and a half weeks, as one of my callers just uh, reminded me about 20 or so minutes ago, which gave me a little bit of chills on this warm, sunny day. And uh, it is almost here, Allie. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, too. This is finally the month we've been waiting for. We have football for the rest of the year, all the way till February. It couldn't be a better time of year. Talk to me, if you will, about some college football futures here because everybody's looking for value uh, at this time of the year, do you have any favorite plays on the board right now uh, when you when you look at just the college football futures market? 
Well, I'm telling you, and I'm a little biased because I'm here in Southern California right now, but I'm looking at USC about plus 1,500, plus 1,600. That's just great value you're getting. I mean, if you want to side with the big dogs, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, you're not going to get the best value. But I think if you want a sleeper, look over in the Pac-12. You have Caleb Williams coming with USC. I like him a lot. Well, the truth is it's their final year in that league. Uh, they are one of the, um, I, I would think, one of the picks there. And, and again, the the op, the the, uh, the goal here is to qualify for a fourteen playoff and get in the tournament at the end of the year. Who knows how that's going to go? The thing that's really interesting to me is, um, as we jump to the NFL now, it is really weird the way. They don't hit in camps the way they once did. When I was a kid, they would go do two-a-days, maybe three-a-days, and wear their team down to the nub. They don't do that anymore, but yet every day it seems like a, a, a star player is dropping, Allie. It's I mean, you really got strange. Kind of MLB and the increase of Tommy John surgeries we've seen in yeah. the past years. You know, back in the day, guys would pitch shutouts, you know, complete game shutouts all the time, and they would pitch on, what, two, three days rest? Now you get five, six days rest, and you're still getting hurt. I don't know what's going on with the training or the conditioning, but it is odd, Tony. I agree with you. And so when Burrow got carted off the field last week, tell me about the line movement, and then is there value in the Bengals right now or people running from them like flies? Tell me what it did to the market there. You know, it's kind of steady because it, it word came out that he was hurt and everyone panicked, so a lot of Sports books took stuff off the board. But then right away, it was said he's probably just going to miss training camp and should be back for the regular season. So it's kind of plateaued. I think there's a little hesitancy with betters, but I'm a big Burrow fan. I think that they're going to be just fine. And the word on him is injury-wise, what's the latest there? What's that, Tony? I missed that. What, what is the latest with him injury-wise? So he should be back. Uh, there, he's expected to be back by week one. Yeah. That was very scary looking because people didn't believe his head coach when they came out and said, you know, you didn't see what you thought you just saw. But, you know, there's so many eyes on it. The difference in the NFL and college is so much of practice is seen at that level by the media. Like there was a hilarious clip that I uh, linked to at our blog today at tclub.team, hilarious to me anyway, of Dak Prescott uh, throwing a, just a terrible interception in camp, what I like to call a vintage uh, Dak Prescott chuck and duck where you just throw a ball up for grabs. Uh, he really missed his calling alley because he really could have been working like at uh, the Sarah Lee factory because he's a turnover machine, that guy. He is an Apple turnover machine in my humble opinion. I mean, you're talking to a New York Giants fan who doesn't like anything about the Cowboys, but I agree. I mean, Dak Prescott led the league last year, Tony, in interceptions, and he missed four games in the season. That, that's ridiculous. He's costing his team games. I just don't think he's ever going to win the big one. I don't know what the Cowboys were thinking with that long-term contract a few years ago, but I'm not a Prescott fan at all. Our boy uh, Jalen Hyatt clocked the fastest time in Giants uh, camp history, apparently, uh, the other day, and uh, who knows? Maybe he becomes a breakout star. I'll tell you this. I was telling my brother this yesterday, and I'm not pandering you because you're a Giants fan. If anybody in that division 
is going to give the Eagles some comp down the line, it is the Giants. Because I will sell the Cowboys all day long. They are an absolute media creation. Always have been a media creation under this current owner once he let Jimmy Johnson walk out the door. And uh, I just I find them valueless. People that bet on the Cowboys in a futures type situation. I mean, that's like lighting your money on fire. Pretty much. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? I, I, I don't see value in them, You're, but they're always going to be a popular pick, especially when they've had a few down years. Oh, I shouldn't say down years. They've been making the playoffs, but they're going to get a lot of bets in, just like the Eagles are, just like the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, all the favorites. But if you're looking at good value, I mean, I'm telling you, tell, I, mean, I think a sleeper is the Cleveland Browns. This is the first season we're not hearing any controversy out of them. This is the first season that they're not headlining the news. You have Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper. They traded for Elijah Moore from the Jets. I think this could quietly be a sleeper team to win that AFC North. Wow. I got to say, we openly ridicule their owner, Jimmy Haslam, on here. And I saw a little blurb where he was running sprints the other day uh, after practice was over. You talk about a guy that needs it badly and now. Uh, but uh, Allie there coming out of left field on me with the Cleveland Browns. I'll I'll sell your selection if you don't uh, if you don't mind me saying so. I'm not going to buy any of the Cleveland Browns, but what do you make of Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, and then let's tie it to the Broncos since we had the uh, dust up the other day with Sean Payton getting real with some people. What what do you make of uh, uh, the prospects of the Jets this year? They are not making the playoffs. I can tell you that right now. They were an overrated team last year. They beat some backup quarterbacks to get the seven wins. They beat Brett Ripien of the Broncos in that win. They beat Jacoby Brissett when he was with the Browns. Heck, when they even played the Bears, they had to face Trevor Simeon, not Justin Fields. When they beat the Miami Dolphins, they were facing a third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers is making this team better. He couldn't leave a better Packers squad last year. I know maybe the Packers had a lesser of a defense. But he's in a crowded AFC East. This team is the Denver Broncos of last year. They got a big-name quarterback. All the hype in the world, people are going after them, and they're just going to sink like Nathaniel Hackett sunk the Broncos last year. (laughs) That poor guy was in way over his head last year. But uh, I think it's interesting that you tied those two together because, after all, that is – uh, exactly where Sean Payton came off the top rope on the Jets organization. And I thought it was really interesting to hear uh, Aaron Rodgers out there, who can't believe what he's saying, but he was defending his head coach. Give me, outside of the Brownies, give me a sneaky futures that you have, uh, either in the NFL or college here, uh, Allie, on the way out. Sure. I mean, everyone's jumping on the Lions when it comes to the NFC. I'm not there yet. I like the Lions a lot. They were actually one of my sleepers last year that I said was going to make noise. But if I'm really looking, Tony, I, besides the Browns, which I don't think believe me, I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but I think they could be a wild card team, potentially be in the running for the AFC North. But if I'm really going to look at a sleeper team, I hate to say it, but look, look at the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I know you're getting Mayfield, but you still have a core receiving core with, with Godwin and Evans. I wouldn't sleep on the Bucks this year. Allie, uh, if folks want to uh, get involved with um, our friends friends at Zen, 
how do we do so? How do folks do so? And I saw today I, I just retweeted a, a special promotion that's going on, so share it with us. Yeah, we're, we're you know, we're all about cashback rewards. So sign up today, claim your welcome bonus, use code T- TONYTN, and, you know, we're excited to have to be in Nashville, to be in Knoxville, to be in Chattanooga, to be in all of Tennessee. So come on down to Zen Sports. We're ready for football season. We have a preseason game this week, so come on to Zen Sports. TN Tony, and the truth is that the other be- the other apps and the other betting sites Really, it's funny money because it's not real money. The bon- the bonuses to you and the z- folks at Zen are uh, actually the bonuses are in real money. And the more you bet, uh, the more money comes back to you. So uh, strength in numbers, as they say in the trade. Allie, anything else you care to add here uh, on the way out? And who is your pick to win it all? Who, who did you buy the? Uh, who did you buy a ticket on or? Who do you think wins the uh, championship uh, in uh, in the NFL? I'm going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Tony. I'm sticking with them. But thanks what? for having me on. I appreciate it. Even after the even after the camp injury? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Boom. All right, thank you, Allie. Good talking to you, Ewad. Our friend Eric Waddell is smiling somewhere, and I thank Allie for joining uh, today. Josh Heupel coming up uh, in a few minutes. The NFL game is so quarterback-laden, so quarterback-heavy, and as Matt said, you got to have one of those guys. The Cleveland Browns thing, I- I'm sorry, Matt. As long as that's in the hand of the Haslams, I'm selling it. But sooner or later, they do have to break through, don't they, Matt, with all those high draft picks they've had? Sooner or later, the Brownies have to do something, you would think. Well, yeah, you, you'd think eventually they'd just get lucky and ha- have a year worth a few things go their way. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'm, I'm not up to date with, with the NFL like, like you and, and a lot of, of the listeners are. But I'll, I'll dangerously take your word for it this year. Brian, it was so on brand to see Jimmy Haslam running the wind sprints the other day, though, wasn't it? You know, that makes me think, what if the uh... – wouldn't you like to see the tubs running sprints? Wow. Um, so I want to thank Allie for joining. Brian is, as you can hear, completely amused with himself right now. I thank Allie for jumping in with us today and uh, my friends at Zen Sports as well. They are uh, doing something different uh, in this market and something exciting and we're going to have a really good fall coming up with them. Look forward to. And, again, their odds maker, uh, Robert's going to jump on with us on our post game and let us know what that peak ahead number is for Tennessee the following week. And we'll do that in real time as part of our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction program, which uh, will be bigger and better uh, this upcoming fall. It's hard to believe we're three and a half weeks away from the start of week zero. Um I think it's also telling uh, where the game day shows are coming. Matt, you would think they would be able to stock, now that we're in the television era like never before, you would think they'd be able to stock the first couple weeks of the season with better matchups so that the ESPN game day show doesn't have to go from a pro stadium with South Carolina and North Carolina playing. I mean, my gosh, how do you get on the air and make that sound interesting? 
no, it's that's kind of a, a brutal start for for your first game with with game day. So I, I I don't know. I guess it's better than it is. Notre Dame playing in Ireland is that right? Are they playing Navy like in Ireland, or is that like uh, next year? Ah, uh, that's they, a great they had, question. For some reason, Nebraska and, and Northwestern opened in in Ireland last year. I know, which um, which really begs the point. Are you trying to like show your game to others and get them to like it, or are you trying to repel people on other continents? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like Bino said about uh, Bino said, uh, I think Bino was the first guy to say we suck on two continents. Poor, poor um, uh, the coach at Northwest at, ne- at Nebraska last year. Now, which one was it? Did Nebraska beat uh, Nebra- Northwestern beat Nebraska for their only win right last year? Yes. Isn't that how that went? Yes. 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 So that poor guy didn't win a game on our continent, and then ended up getting fired. Not for the one and eleventh season, but for well, you know, ostensibly for the one. Yeah, yeah, ostensibly for the one and eleventh season. But that that helped. So, <laughs> Matt, you, and Matt just Northwestern never recovered from that bowl game beat down up by Butch Jones and those nope. guys. No. Nope. When Butchie was carried off the field, Northwestern ought to just, they, ought, they should have just taken their program and closed it and shut the darn thing down. On the other side, Josh Heupel's going to speak. His press conference, we're going to respond to it. It is all ahead. This is, ladies and germs, your TV show. We are breaking it down scientifically on a Tuesday. Race fans, race fans, race fans. We ranked our... In honor of uh, Blake Topmeyer, who joins tomorrow, we ranked our head coaches in the league. There's no right or wrong answers. Titans Bill somehow found the wrong answer, and he paid the price. But we'll come back on the other side. It is your Tony Basilio show. It is, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, an award-winning Tuesday. Josh Heupel coming up more after that. Spread the word. And get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow 
isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tina, to be back with you on a Tuesday, Josh Heupel is going to meet the depressed at the University of Tennessee, part of the SEC, uh, part of Tennessee's Media Day, uh, which is uh, one small step for fan toward getting to the college football season because then practices will get underway subsequently later in the week. We're going to have, uh, obviously, some themes coming out of camp. 
Matt, what are some things you're, uh, as a precursor to Hypel's appearance here, what are some things in camp do you feel like that bear watching as uh, we get closer to the season? Um, so, well, I guess the position stuff would be the secondary, obviously. Definitely need to get a lot better there. And you have a lot of bodies. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody really left there that, that had eligibility left. So you have a whole lot of bodies, and hopefully you can find – you know, five or six that can give you a, a good starting unit. Uh, got to figure out the offensive line and, and sure that up. You got a couple of guys returning, um, but I think you got new tackles. And then probably the defensive line, you got to find a better pass rush. Um, you have some, some talented younger players. Uh, Roman Harrison's back for what feels like his fifth or sixth year. Uh, got, got to, got to figure out a, a way to get to the quarterback better. Um, and, and help out that secondary. That that would probably be my three biggest three biggest ones since there's no real QB controversy. Yeah, there's no there's no QB controversy, and Milton's going to have hopefully a really nice season. That secondary is um, again. I just need you to get off the field every once in a while and not get beat for big pass plays. In a perfect world, if teams, you think about the way Tennessee's going to approach playing, if teams get the football, in a perfect world, you're just good enough to not give up big plays because you don't want to get in games where you're trading scores with people. You want to, In a perfect world, Tennessee scores quickly, and then defensively they're able to allow an opponent to, you know, move the ball around and force them to settle for field goals which is sort of the conversation we were having with Rusty. And that's kind of the formula to win some of the bigger games uh, that are on Tennessee's schedule. One thing I want to hear coming out of Camp Matt, and I will have my ear to the ground on what sources are saying, I want to see some of these young kids flash in that secondary, some of these newcomers um, that are going to get an opportunity here. I, I think that's a very, very important facet of this early camp here among some of the other things that you talked about i know it's one of the first things you said but we really need to see it's just time for some fresh blood there no offense to the incumbents and the veterans but we we know what those guys are i think they've got to use this camp to develop some of those kids don't you Absolutely. You brought in a, a bunch of, of, of freshmen, you know, DBs. I had the, the grad transfer from, from I think, BYU and at Vandy previously. You, hopefully he's one of your starters at, at corner somewhere. So, no, I, I think you, you've got to get those guys on the field um, or, or figure out a way to put those guys on the field um, in, in, in spots, especially early in the season in some of these games where, you probably are going to have a, a lead of, of a couple of scores. Got to got to develop some depth there, and, and and hopefully maybe develop some of those guys into starters or, or at least solid contributors. Because I mean, you just you just, there's just a lack of athleticism in the back end, yeah, and just really a lack of overall just playmaking ability. I mean, that guys were just running wide open all year. And the thing is, again, to me, it's like you can you can run wide open. That's fine. 
you so, you can't catch home run balls behind us. We can't give up big chunk plays. You want to force an opponent, if they're going to score on you, to earn it, earn it, earn it. But at the same time, uh, we need guys that are that have the athleticism to come up with plays back there. And that will be, as we develop here, that will be an interesting facet to this, an interesting aspect uh, going forward and, and out of camp. I want to hear... Uh, that some young guys are flashing. The thing I do like about this staff, and um, Orange Sort made this point in the blog recently, is these guys are not afraid, and nor have they ever been afraid, but these guys are not afraid to uh, allow their kids to keep playing on offense say develop guys there and i hope matt going forward as they introduce these better signees defensively i hope they'll give those kids early opportunities to play because i think back to early in saban's tenure when what was the kid's name the freshman out of nashville they put that kid on the field right away and let him play and we were like good gosh man that kind of stuff never goes on here. What was that kid's name? Brian, do you oh, uh, remember? Dante Hightower. Hightower. Right away. And we were like, we can't do that in the SEC. And Satan was like, why can't I? He's my, he's my best linebacker. And the kid was a great player there for them through his career. So I, I, we have a coach offensively. He's already shown zero fear when it comes to I'm going to but like Nico, I believe will get in early in that Virginia game. Uh, once they get that game out of reach, and they will let him run the offense, which I am one hundred percent forward. I just hope defensively now that the recruiting the next couple of years is seemingly—I don't want this to sound bad—but it's seemingly catching up to what's going on offensively. I hope they take the tact of we're going to let kids play and kind of live with the consequences. Because if they're the better players, because truly the Appreciate thing hey, uh, Yeah, here's Josh Heupel. Everybody. Um, man, this is the best time of year. Excited to, uh, to open up training camp tomorrow with our guys. Uh, we've had a great summer. Um, the players have been fantastic. Uh, they've really been that way since we got back in January. Each part of our offseason, uh, they've handled themselves with great maturity, been extremely competitive individually. feel like we've made a lot of strides. Um, as you get a chance to see some of these guys here as, as we open up training camp, I uh, really like uh, the position they've put themselves in physically to be ready to go compete this training camp. Uh, excited about the continuity and, and what we have coming back as a staff. Um, you know, look, over the course of our three years, uh, being able to maintain uh, the core group of our guys and I think that's allowed us to continue to grow in our culture, uh, continue to grow in our schemes, and uh, build on, on the trust that we've built over the first two years uh, within our, uh, our program, uh, players and coaches alike. So excited to kick it off with these guys here tomorrow and, and uh, start this training camp. And, um, you know, it's a long month. Uh, it's, a, it's a process throughout the course of the season. It's a process during the course of training camp to get ourselves ready to go play here in 31 days when we open up in Nashville. So I'll open up with, uh, for questions. Josh, how would you describe how would you describe uh, where this program is right now compared to the program that you took over? 
I just I think we got um, first of all like cornerstone pieces of who we are. The foundation's been set; it's been laid. Uh, great trust and, and accountability inside of uh, our walls. Um, you know our players, just their their daily habits, who they are, what they're about, how they compete uh, individually with themselves and collectively as a group too. Um, we've come a long ways in a short amount of time. Our roster, you know, I've said it before, you know, that first fall we had 65 scholarship players. Um, you know, we're close to 85. We got uh, real depth, real competition, really at every position. And that's true of our veterans that are here. There's a lot of young guys, 18 of them, that were with us during the course of spring ball. I expect them to be a much more mature and complete player when we step on the field tomorrow, but certainly as we grow during the course of training camp. It's just great competition everywhere. Um, our athleticism, uh, strength, all those things have continued to improve our functional movement. Um, we're continuing to take strides, um, but this is the time of year where you got to go out and earn it every day. A reminder, we'll get a mic to you, Rob Vinden. Coach, you, you just mentioned it, but you've been in this business as a player and a coach for a long time. How much of a benefit is it to have the continuity on the staff like you've had, I mean, you've had a couple guys leave, but nobody for lateral. I mean, somebody for a head, head job or to the NFL. Yeah. How, how much of a benefit is that in your culture? Well, you know, the the people that we've been able to promote have been within the building, within those position units. They have connection and relationships with those players. So it's not like you're starting over from scratch even when you promote somebody. Um, you know, I think it, it's really important uh, inside of your program. It's, uh, you know, at any point, you know, um, but it's certainly important where we took this program over in, in trying to build something. Um, at every phase, every single year, we've never had to you know, completely reset. We've been able, been able to continue. You know, We come off of, of last year's season, they come back at, in late January. Man, it's about, okay, this is where we were. This is who's back. This is how we grow you know, as, a, as a staff, continuing to push on our schemes, fine-tune who we are and, and what we want to do. Our players continuing to grow in, in every facet from, you know, our strength program to, you know, what we're doing schematically and fundamentally. It has allowed us to continue to grow really quickly, and, and uh, I don't think you can understate that part of it as we've grown here over the first two years and heading into year three. Get up front. Josh, how have you seen Aaron Beasley's leadership grow over the course of this offseason, and, and what leadership have you already seen Keenan Peely be able to provide for you all? Yeah, uh, both of those guys have dramatically continued to improve their bodies, uh, I think, functionally. Um, you know, the, the traits that we're looking for, they've continued to improve that. I think you guys will see that as you get a chance to watch some of the practice. Uh, Bees is a guy that hadn't played a lot of football, grow, grows into a role on the football field, you know, plays at a really high level, uh, certainly the Orange Bowl last year. And as that has taken place, been able to uh, be very intentional in how he wants to grow as a leader, too, as a part of uh, our leadership council. Uh, he's got great influence inside the linebacker room, but really across our defense and our football team, too. He's continued continue to grow just in his maturity outside of the game. Um, you know, the, the middle of that defense, it's important that you have great leadership. Uh, and that they're willing and able to communicate at a really high level. That's off the field and that's during the course of, of play as well. Keenan Peely, uh, a guy that's got great maturity, uh, athletic, athletic traits that we were looking for. Um, he's a guy that in spring ball was just trying to figure out what we're doing schematically, how he needs to improve every day. This summer, 
took a huge leap uh, in, you know, having command of, of the guys around him. And the maturity of both of those guys, I think, will show itself as, as we go through training camp and as we get into the season. Adam, here on the right, then Austin on the left. <clears throat> Josh, when you look back at things that went well or poorly in a season, what things are traced back to fall camp? In other words, um, what are some examples of like good seeds and bad seeds that are planted in fall camp that you see throughout the the season? Well, you want you want good seeds that, that are planted. Um, you know, practice habits and, and how that affects your health during training camp and during the course of the season. Uh, the ability to to play each play independently, no matter what happened on the previous play, playing harder than your opponent, even though you're competing against yourself during the course of, of training camp. Uh, how you take care of the ball? How do, how do you go attack the ball on, on the defensive side of it? Um, you got to constantly grow in this game. You're resetting in each phase and every off season. Uh, this is you know the last quarter of. I say it's our off season. Obviously, we're heading into the, uh, the season. Uh, it's it's important that uh, that you develop the habits, you devo develop the the leadership. Uh, we try to be intentional with that, even during the course of, of training camp. Continuing to give those guys ownership. They got to go be problem solvers uh, when we get out and, and uh, we're playing against an opponent, you know, next fall or this fall. And and um, so you got to put those guys in a position to to do some of those things. We all know Cooper Mays is your guy at center, but behind him, what kind of where do you feel like you are? I know you were working towards that in the spring, trying to get some guys ready. Where do you feel like you are heading into fall camp, and then overall health of the team? What's that like? Well, I, I do think there's great competition on the offensive line. Uh, that's true at the tackle position. Uh, you talk about Coop, his stability, what he brings to the offensive line. Guys played at a really high level. He's another guy that's continued to develop his ownership and leadership inside of our program. Really love, love what he's done all off season. Um, you know that backup center spot will be a competition. We got multiple guys that will be competing for that. Um, some young guys in our, in our program, also Parker Ball has been here for a while. <clears throat> That's one of the things, just personnel-wise, that we got to figure out here as we get uh, get through the next couple of weeks. Uh, the health of our program, uh, as far as our individuals, we're in a pretty good spot. Um, there's one guy that uh, that won't be with us this fall, Pat Garland, um, just from the injury last fall, hasn't gotten himself in a position where he's cleared. Uh, it's not because he hasn't been putting in the work, it's just him in the process that, uh, that he's had to go through with that injury. Um, he'll be a part of our program, um, but uh, will not be playing this fall. Rick up front and then back to Dave. Just talking about Dante Thornton, if you could go back and kind of remind us what you liked about his tape when you guys first brought him in and then what you're expecting from him kind of coming into this fall camp after a summer and spring of workouts. Yeah, in, uh, great length, uh, natural hands, great route runner. Um, you know, had one of the fastest GPS uh, speeds in in, uh, in the transfer portal. Um, I've loved just how he's approaching coming into our program. Uh, wanted to earn it. He's become a relentless worker. Um, he cares about you know his performance and how he prepares in a really good way. Um, he spent a lot of time understanding and trying to grow inside of our offense really quickly. Uh, looking forward to seeing him this, this fall. Um, you know, there's, there's great competition, some flexibility at the wide receiver spot. Um, looking forward to see uh, how that kind of unfolds here during the course of training camp. 
Uh, Josh, for you personally, what is it like to, to be in charge of a program now coming off of a New Year's Six win you know, versus taking over a program with NCAA issues ahead and a three-win team and, and all those things? What is that like for you personally right now? Yeah, uh, the NCAA being, uh, stuff being behind us uh, is huge for us as a, as a program as much as anything on the recruiting side of it. Uh, I said that probably a week ago at, at media days as well. As far as, you know, <clears throat> How I'm different, or, or what's different about the program? Well, you got you know two and a half years of, of built-up trust and, and chemistry with your staff and your players. But at the end of the day, how we approach and how I approach every single day, it's not any different, man. Uh, this is a, a highly competitive game. Uh, you got pl great players and coaches that we're going to be going against all fall long. Uh, you got to reset and go earn it every single day. So uh, we have a, a real sense of urgency inside of our program. It starts with me, a uh, sense of, of competitiveness and, and uh, drive. At the end of the day, there were a lot of great moments last year. None of that stuff comes with us. At the end of the day, last year, there were a lot of goals that we didn't reach. Uh, this group's been really intentional about pushing forward and, and putting ourselves in a position to go chase some of those things. Ryan on the second row. And <clears throat> What does a productive camp look like for Joe and Nico, and does it differ any for the two of them? Well, yeah, a little bit because they're, they're different in, as far as the, the stages that they're at inside of the quarterback room, understanding our offense and fundamental, um, you know, how we want them to play. Um, both of them, I expect to compete and lead at a, at a, at a high level. Uh, I, I think it's really important that those guys have great energy and urgency, and that transcends not just through our offense, but also through our football team. Um, for all of our players, <clears throat> this is a game that's never going to be perfect. And being able to reset from one play to the next, I think, is one of the most important traits that you have as a competitor and as a player in this game. Uh, so for those two guys, being able to do that and then master what we're doing offensively will be really important. Uh, Ramel Keaton was a guy that stepped up for you guys last year when you needed it. Just kind of, now that he's a returning veteran in that group, where have you kind of seen him <clears throat> make the biggest difference between now and last year? Yeah, somebody that probably... Um, puts as much time or more time than, than anybody inside of our program into the extra work. Uh, you can come up here late at night and see him on the jugs. Um, he cares um, and he prepares the right way. He's continued to grow in, in what we're doing uh, and understanding our schemes, continued to heighten his fundamental and technique at the, at the wide receiver position. That was a huge part of why he took advantage of the opportunity when said went down last year and played at a really high level. Anticipate him uh, continuing to do that and having a great training camp. Um, you know, really excited about what he's done in, in a short amount of time with us. WJBE, 1040 AM, 99.7 FM. Translator, W259 AP. Powell, Knoxville. Here's Jr. And, and Joseph Flash for you. There's plenty of other guys there. How do you feel about that group? Yeah, uh, one of the position groups, just dating back to my earlier comments about real depth, real competition, length, athleticism, some of the traits that we're looking for off the edge and, and some of that inside, too, with some of the guys that we've brought in. Looking forward to great competition. Uh, looking forward to, to us continuing to develop in, in our ability to affect. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.